Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Selinski, aka the Running Wine Mom. In this episode, I am thrilled to have Carly, a lifelong friend and incredible human being, to share her journey of growing up alongside her best friend. Carly takes us on a trip down memory lane, reminiscing of her earliest memories of meeting me and how we grew up together through the various milestones and changes of life. From elementary school to high school and from living down the shore to being in each other's weddings, Carly shares with us the ups and downs of our journey. Together, we have traveled to Ireland and Iceland and have supported each other through the joys and challenges of motherhood. Through it all, we have laughed, cried, and grown together, building a friendship that has withstood the test of time. Join us as we dive into Carly's story of friendship and explore what makes lifelong friends so special. Get ready for an inspiring and heartwarming conversation about the power of friendship and the beauty of lifelong bonds. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Carly. Hi, Sam. How are you today? (laughs) Doing well. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. To start off, we are going to dive into a segment that I like to call Wine, Wine, and Win of the Week. This is where we take a moment to reflect on the ups and downs of our recent experiences celebrating the wins, venting about the wines, and savoring the little pleasures with a glass of wine in hand, as we have right now. So let's raise a glass and a toast to the moments that made you smile, the challenges that tested your patience, and the victories that brought you joy. What is your Wine of the Week? I brought over a dry rosé from my favorite vineyard in southern New Jersey. It's called Auburn Road. It's in Palace Grove, New Jersey. It's a dry rosé. I thought it was perfect for the month of May. Plus, I know it's one of your favorite types of wine. Yes. And um, it's beautiful there. They have great food. The owners are lovely. So if anyone ever gets a chance, Auburn Road in Salem County, New Jersey, it's delicious. We will have to go this summer. I've never been there before. Highly uh, recommend, yes. And the wine is very good, and I'm very picky about my rosé. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could... Uh, you know me so well. The wine. <laughs> um, and what is your wine with an H this week? So we were away last week. We got back Tuesday, and by Wednesday night, our hot water heater went. Oh, no. Um, which isn't a big deal. But then the part that came in was incorrect, and then the new part didn't get ordered. So we finally got it fixed last night at 1030. So So you guys have been without hot water? Yeah, for a week I was bathing Navy, my baby, at in-laws, or I was showering at the YMCA, my sister's in-laws. And then I realized I couldn't run the dishwasher because it runs on hot water, and then it messed up the one load of laundry. So, I mean, we got through it. It was a pain, but I'm just very happy. It's that was. Yeah, you don't realize how much you utilize the hot water (laughs) in your life until you don't have it anymore. Oh man! So and I love scolding hot showers, so I was very happy to have it back. As do I. (laughs) Um, Mark is always like, "What is wrong with you? Like this is, um, you know, when it comes to the showers." So I can't. I don't even know. Yeah, I would not was, like it. I, you just, I mean, luckily it was in spring and not the dead of winter. Yeah, very true. Um, but yeah, it's fixed now and, you know, we got through it. Good. Um, so what is your win of the week? My win of the week, I'm very full-hearted and happy. My one sister got engaged uh, yes. a week ago today. So I was very surprised and just, she's so happy. And it makes me so happy because all I want is for everyone to be happy, especially my family and sisters. So... Yeah, May, May 4th, her. right? She got engaged. Yeah, on her birthday. Um, and 
she's already planning. Ooh, yeah, that's exciting. So it's exciting. It's um, a lot of fun for our family right now. Yes, that is, engagements are always a good one. And mm-hmm. um, yes, I'm so excited. Congrats, Sean. <laughs> uh, so as I like to ask um, all my guests in the beginning, what are three things that you're most proud of in your life? I would say this was... It's hard to it's hard to talk about yourself in a positive light. Like it is, yes. Just I mean, you think about it all the time, your thoughts, but um I would say my third is my work ethic. I feel like I've always had a strong one at a young age. Um it's not always something you can teach. And whatever I've been tasked with, I try to always set myself up for success. Um I can control the time and effort I put into things, so just over the years knowing that I gave it my all no matter relationships work sports so yeah and I can definitely attest to your work ethic there's not um not everybody has the you know you're you're like a hustler of similar to me we can't sit still (laughs) and you know like you have a full-time job and then you're like working on the weekends Mm -hmm. and doing all this other stuff too and um some people might think it's crazy but we're just like this is how we are yeah I can't imagine it any other way and that is definitely something we have in common (laughs) so uh goes along the lines of why we are friends I would say my second is my relationship with my husband we're one of each other's biggest supporters and we're truly a team he pushes me in life and has believed in me a lot of times even when I haven't uh he forces me to challenge myself and grow as a person And I think how lucky I am to have him as my husband. We have fun together. We laugh a lot. And, you know, we support each other even when it might not be the most popular thing. He trusts me. I trust him. And I don't know. We make a very good team. Yes. And as we'll talk about later, all of us, Mike included, lived down the shore together (laughs) in our... In another life, in our early 20s, um, and it's been so fun to watch you guys grow and start a family, and we both, again, share the similar qualities of enjoying travel, and there's Mm -hmm. not many people that I would, I don't think anybody that I would put on the list as wonderful to travel with as you guys are, and it's just like such a testament to like, you guys are easy, go with the flow, but like also have a plan as well and want to do things and that's something that um we really have enjoyed doing together (laughs) which is great um and then the third is our daughter navy she has brought so much joy into our lives i never even knew possible i know everyone's like oh children bring joy you never knew blah 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 and we get to call her ours and um her mommy and mike's her daddy and that's just you know, a blessing every day. Yeah. Not to sound cliche or corny, but it a child, the joy she has brought, just the laughter, everything. It's just I'm so proud of her. Yeah, she it's so mine. it's so um interesting that you say like you're so proud of her because I feel the same way and it's like weird that you're proud of like you know navy's one and a half yeah I know. and <laughs> no but it, it's I think the same exact way and you're like how can I be proud of what am I you know but you're just it's the feelings that you feel, you know, you're, it's yeah, just I'll being, say, a, being a mom. I'll say to Mike, like, thank you. Thank yeah. Thank you for giving Aww. me her, like. Yes. All right. So. 
Okay, so if you've listened before, you know I kind of set up my podcast to do a little bit of fitness, a little bit of parenthood, and then get really into the specifics, and that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to ask you a couple general fitness and uh, parenthood questions, and then later down the line, I'll ask you a little bit more in depth, but... Um, since I've known Carly, she has been so athletic and she continues to say that way in her adult life. Again, as I've talked about on my podcast, it's so important to have lifelong fitness. And Carly was a D1 athlete, which we'll also get into later on in the podcast. But currently, how do you stay active? I currently stay active by doing CrossFit mostly. I have... I started it in 2015, so coming up on eight years, and I fell in love with it. Just the, it has a team-like atmosphere. I don't have to go and decide what workout I'm doing. If I don't like the workout, I have other people there around me, and there's all different levels. It kind of gets a bad reputation because it's, you know, CrossFit people only talk about CrossFit, which, yes, some of them do, but (laughs) for me, it's just a way that I, I just love it. I love the Olympic lifting, and then when... I don't have the opportunity to do that. I also have a Peloton that I mainly do the cycle, the cycling workouts on. I don't, I haven't really ventured out into anything else. So yeah. Um, CrossFit is like the one area, like I've tried it before and I just am not confident in it. So I just never like, it's, I mean, people come in and they get nervous and I'm just thinking, like, I was there at that point. Like, and right. it takes a while. Like, Olympic lifting has a lot of techniques, and it's just, you know, you're challenging yourself, and it's always hard. You, I mean, you just challenge yourself every time. So, I mean, with the amount you work out, you would be great at it. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. in my 40s, that'll be my... We'll do our, workouts, <laughs> our partner wads, as I like to call them, yes. together. Um, how do you stay motivated to maintain your fitness routine? It's such a stress release for me. I have to to work out. Um, if it's been a few days, I haven't been able to work out all of a sudden, something that didn't seem so stressful now is overwhelming my mind. And I internally know I'm like, I have to get to the gym. I have to release all this. I have to clear my head out. Plus I just, I love working out. I love when my muscles are sore. I love feeling strong. It's just the feeling that I get. It just brings on a happiness and a confidence that, you know, it's just personal growth. That everybody wants, you know, everybody wants to have that feeling that you're talking about. And it is possible. <laughs> you just have to find what you love. Like, right, yeah. Whatever it is. Um, but yeah, a lot of it, a lot of people do maybe yoga and meditation to clear their mind. I I have a racing mind, so I, I, I could get into that eventually. Like anything else, it takes practice. But mm-hmm. this just clears my head. I think about nothing else but yeah. what I'm doing. Whatever works. Yeah. Uh, what struggles do you have to stay healthy and fit? The time that I have with the toddler now, arranging childcare so I'm able to get to the gym. Like some weeks it's easier than others, but then other times life gets in the way. Um, my mom, she'll be sick. She won't be able to take her for the 15 minutes in between the gym or I have to work or the baby's sick. Like, you know, it's just my time isn't just mine anymore. So I can't just up and go to the gym. And again, something that um, I think is so important is that you are so busy, but you still fit it in no matter what. And that's something that a lot of people say, oh, I just don't have the time for it. And I'm not saying that's a BS excuse, but Mm -hmm. if you want to find the time for it, you'll find the time for it. It doesn't have to be, again, 
a five o'clock class every night, but it can be whatever, and it's just important to incorporate it. For instance, um, this past weekend, I wasn't able to get to the... I was taking Navy to a show in Philadelphia, and I wasn't going to skip that so I could go to the gym. So she went down for a nap, and I worked out. My husband said, work out in the garage. I'll get her when she wakes up. So, you know, I always have the alternatives, and you just have to make it work. Yeah. It wasn't... I didn't go to the physical gym, but I was able to, you know, get my heart rate up, and I felt good about myself. That's great. What do you wish you learned earlier in life about your fitness or nutritional health? I wish I wasn't so shy about weightlifting. I came across weightlifting my junior year of college, so... I was about 19 or 20 years old, and it did wonders for me with my swimming. And I just wish I wasn't so self-conscious about getting bulky or looking too big. Because, I mean, yes, you, you build muscle mass, but to get to look like those bodybuilders, you have to really lift and put in the extra work to get those muscles. Um, and then I never knew how much what you ate impacted your daily performance. Again, being in college, you're 18 to 22. When you go to the dining hall and you're starving, you're going to want to eat whatever you want, and you're not going to sit there and say, all right, I need X amount of carbs and protein to enhance. Maybe I can get faster in this race. So I think the maturity of my my time in college, it just you know wasn't there. But I, I do wish I knew more about nutrition and how much it does impact even daily life now. I feel as though being so young, it's really hard because you have so much on your plate and you're really not in charge of your life at that point. Like your parents are making you dinner, which I mean is fine. Um, But like once you get, once you get older and you're like, wow, if I, if I knew this when I was like 15, it would be very different. I remember just, I mean, with swimming, I would just be so hungry. Yeah. I was going to say swimming. You're just always hungry because you're burning so many calories. I could eat four or five slices of pizza like it was nothing and I mean I guess it wasn't affecting me like it just it wasn't affecting me where I was you know putting on the weight because I was obviously burning the calories but the type of nutrients going into my body could have done better yes so I mean it's just um like I said but when you're 19 years old and your friends are going out for ice cream or Olive Garden at that time, like, oh, that's what yeah. you want, the unlimited I mean. pasta and sticks. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you talked a little bit about working out is such a release for you, but what do you think the relationship of mental health and physical fitness is? Um, I did touch on it earlier, but my physical fitness directly impacts my mental health. For that hour I'm at the gym, I don't think about anything else other than pushing myself through the workout, and that just does wonders. It Anything I was worried about beforehand or that I stressed out before, I leave there, I forget about, and then when I do remember, I think, all right, I mean, maybe it's not that bad. So it just is a complete endorphin for me. Yeah. All right, so now that we have an idea of where you are at in your fitness now, let's talk about then. So growing up, ever since I've known you, and most people probably have known you, you have been involved in swimming, um, whether it was at the Y or uh, in the summer at Tembe, and then eventually you were a D1 swimmer at um, UMBC, which is such an accomplishment, um, and 
the dedication to that is just something that most people really don't have. And and your uh, quote senior year was, uh, <laughs> I can't, I have swimming. Oh my gosh, yes. It was, I swam all the time. And it was early morning Saturday, early morning Sunday, early morning every day in the summer. Um, but I just kept going back to it. But yeah, I missed, I shouldn't say I missed out on a lot because of swimming. I, you know, that's that was my passion. But yeah, I didn't. You had, so yeah, had to choose differently. Yeah, then, and especially, again, being that young, and it's it's actually something Mark and I, like, we'll talk about, like, if we could go back, would we focus more on a specific thing more, whether it's um, academics or athletics, or are we okay with, like, we were both kind of just, like, whatever. We, you know, obviously, yeah. we play, I played sports all year round, but um, not to the extent that you did with swimming. Um, so what do you think your first memory of swimming is? My family joined the summer swim club at Tembi Chase in Dalran, and we were walking in, I think for the first time, it must have been in the early morning, not early morning, early afternoon when the younger kids were ending their practice, and I looked over and I said to my mom, I said, what are they doing? I want to do that. Like, I had no idea what they were doing. I just, for whatever reason, I wanted to do that, and... I have never looked back. I, um, it's funny you say, you know, you look back, like, would you change anything? I was a runner in high school as well and was pursued by colleges to run. And one of the schools offered a very nice package for me. And I remember my dad asking, are you sure you don't want to run? And I just, I couldn't give up. I had this, my first love was swimming. And you probably just ran to keep in swimming shape, you know, was like. Yeah, it was like, oh, I can do this sport in addition to swimming. Yeah, I'll do it. Because I did every sport growing up. And I didn't want to sit around not do a sport because swimming was year round. So I did whatever I could in addition to swimming. Yeah. So what do you think, when did your motivation to become a D1 swimmer, especially at UMBC, like how did you first get into competitive swimming? I know that's a lot in one question, but. So I saw the summer swimming when I was five and as you know, there's tri-county swimming. Tri-county. It's a huge <laughs> deal in South Jersey and. Big deal. I was on a relay at the age of seven and by the time I was eight, you know, I, I caught on to it. I was playing other sports and I tried out for the Y I made the YMCA but I attribute it to when I was 10 years old I'll never forget we had this small TV in the guardhouse at Tembi Chase and we had the Olympics on from mm-hmm. Atlanta 96 non-stop and I saw Amy Van Dyke and Janet Evans all those mm-hmm. female swimmers and I idolized them I met another swimmer she had the Olympic tattoos on her hip. I'm like, I, I want to be an Olympic swimmer. I remember you actually saying, like, if you got a tattoo, you would want to, like, yeah, get I the Olympic the uh, thing. rings. Yeah, and I'm like, my that. mom and dad would let me get that if I made the Olympics. I know it. And, like, <laughs> I think if you made the Olympics, they would definitely <laughs> let you get it. So it just, I think that's where, I mean, I had posters that year. I had t-shirts. That's where I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what they did. I, I, I never got to that point. However, I mean... You I'm very still, grateful for what it did get me. And I just want to, like, put in my two cents of where I stood in summer swimming was if I got a fourth place blue or whatever the, like, participation ribbon, I was extremely happy. Um, I did not go to practice if I straightened my hair. <laughs> so um, I was never able to skip practice. Yes. Thanks, Mom. We were very different in the swimming world. But, um, yes, you're, uh, I mean, always so... 
I don't know how you did it. And if you are from South Jersey, like Tri-County was the coolest thing if you made it. And Carly was like always super cool because she knew all the people from. (laughs) I swam with them throughout the year once I started uh, swimming in year round. But um, I never did win Tri-County just on a. Just on a couple, just on a relay, I think. But you that's know. all right. Just it was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was a nice group of people that also put in all the time and dedication. Yeah. All right. So you obviously had a very demanding training regimen when you were growing up before college, but then once you got to college, how was that? a huge change for you, or was it easier? I don't know. It was hard. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I always say, I don't remember the first two months of college and it was not because of the partying. Uh, the practices were that much harder and I went from practicing six days a week, once a week to nine times a week, twice a day, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it was just, you know, it was culture shock. And I thought to myself, what did I, what did I do? Did I not do the right thing? Maybe I should have been a runner. I maybe D1 wasn't the right choice. It was just, it was a lot. And the saying always was you could skip class, but you could not skip practice. (laughs) Like that was not an option. And yeah, the first couple months were very hard. I don't know how people, some of the team members, they would go out the night before practice. I did that once and never again. I just, I, I had to, solely dedicate everything I had to just surviving in practice. I don't doubt it. (laughs) Yeah. The first, uh, the first year was definitely a culture shock. Um, what do you think your most memorable experience as a collegiate swimmer was? And why do you think specifically it stood out to you? Oh, this one, (laughs) um, I have a couple where, you know, we lost, it came down to, we got out touched by the relay against Naval Academy, which is I still get angry about. We were so close to beating them, and then I named my daughter Navy, so <laughs> it's very ironic. But um, I have a personal story. I don't know if I've ever shared with anyone about mm. this. Um, my, I'm gonna get. I'm a little nervous oh. to talk about it. I know it's a. Uh, it'll it'll come full circle. But my goal from when I started was to place top eight. In my conference championships, as an individual, I was on relays. In fact. I won the year before with relays. Those girls were awesome. They kicked ass. But as an individual, I wanted to place in top eight in any event. It didn't matter. So my senior year, my very last race, it was 100 freestyle. My last chance, I placed 10th. Oh. And I get into the consolation heat, 9th through 16th place, which, you know, some swimmers never get that. And I should be very, I was, I should, I should be very grateful for that. I had another chance to swim, but it was not the final heat. I was devastated. I was heartbroken. I was angry. I don't want to talk to anyone. I was moody. I mean, my coaches and teammates can probably remember how I would get. Um, it sounds dramatic, but it was the one goal I had from when I started college swimming. And from five years old swimmer to now, and that was it. I blew it. I, I, I didn't have another chance. So I didn't achieve it. I worked so hard. I came up so close, but it was so short, you know, crying, tears afterwards, whatever. Then I'm getting dressed afterwards. So the way swimming works is you go in the morning, you swim, and then at night is the consoles and the finals, and you get to score for your team. So afterwards, my parents are obviously there. It's the last 
my last meet ever. And um, I see my dad afterwards and he knows I'm upset. I'm holding back tears. Not much of what anyone is saying is getting through to me. And I will never forget, he took me aside, looked me in the eye with intense tears filling up with his eyes. And he said, you go win that race. I'm, I'm getting... Oh. And I, I looked at him and I was I kind of shook my head. He said, no, you go win that race. And a 180 happened in me. I had a t- completely different attitude. I realized right then and there that this wasn't just my last race, my parents, all those years of practice and everything. This was everything they did too. And I thought, here I am sulking like a baby because I, all right, I didn't get one through eight. So I ended up winning the consolation heat and doing a time in the 100 free I never dreamed I could do. Wow. Oh my and, gosh. And I think about that moment often because that's life in a nutshell. Yeah. You don't always get what you want or what you think you deserve. So change the narrative. Um, it still teaches me that and reminds me 15 years later from when that happened. Like, it doesn't, nobody cares how hard I worked for all those years. Like, those other girls, they were faster. And that's just, it was a life lesson. And more importantly, my dad was like, snap out of it. Yeah. Go win that race. Who cares? Who cares what oh place you got? So not only do I... I have that best time, I have that memory, and I have that lesson. Yeah. So that is something, I mean, you can't look that up on the internet to see, oh, they won that relay, this or that. Um, oh, that's, and that is, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty and, special. And yeah, um, um, just like knowing your parents too, it's so, um, you know, they did also, as you were just saying, like put in so much gosh. time and effort. It's, I mean, not to be like, it wasn't just about you going to the practices like they you know being a parent now you see like how much um they really put into it and for you to just do that you know last race for them Mm -hmm. and not go out on a on the note that you thought you were going to go out on but instead on like such a high note yeah I realized I wanted to make them making them prouder making them proud was more important than my yeah supposed goal so I mean I was ecstatic after that race. Oh, I did so the bad. time, and you know, and then I was like, "Oh, well, if I keep swimming, maybe I could even drop my time lower." I'm like, "Nope, I'm done." No. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, oh I don't gosh. know if I've ever. I don't even think I've ever told my dad that. Well, hopefully he listens. Jim, listen, <laughs> okay? Uh, you might not have known it, but <laughs> this was. That, I, I mean, that is. It's so interesting too. As a parent, I feel as though there's so many things I'm sure that your parents have said and done for you, but like he probably didn't know that that was going to be a moment in your life that like literally you keep with you forever, which is like so very grateful. And I mean, my mom was there too. So not to leave her out. I know she was probably jumping. Yeah. Very biggest cheerleader at all those meets. So it was, um, Kath was screaming on the side. Exactly. (laughs) Love it. So besides your father's lessons (laughs) and the, uh, ability to just, you know, take, some different things with you through life. What do you think your, uh, what did you learn from your experience as a swimmer and like how has it influenced your life and career since then? I mean, the story I just shared, um, share some perspective, but also just hard work and being determined and goal oriented taught me a lot emotionally, professionally, just to not settle for anything. You have one life, so live as happy as you can and, you know, don't just settle for the job because it's easy and, you know, take the chances, put in the work. 
the amount I learned in the four years I swam there, there was, there's no college course that could ever teach that. And I mean, I know I'm not alone, even swimming, not swimming, like college is, you know, you, you grow up in those four years, you look at yourself as an 18 year old coming in. And then when you leave at 22, you're a different person. Um, yeah, I was just having a conversation with Mark the other night about how uh, someone he knew was going for a job and they were a D1 athlete. And I said, like, if you're on, if there's a group of 10 people and one of them is a D1 athlete, I would choose them probably over someone who maybe sounded better, like in an interview, because anyone can kind of fake an interview. That's a good point. But, I never um, like, you know that someone who is dedicated to being a D1 athlete is A, a team player, they're a hard worker, they're dedicated, they can listen to, like, and follow right. directions. And, you know, not that – but also they challenge in the right way, probably learned to. And most D1s, most sports of all, you're not going to go professional. We all see those commercials when they show them in the college bowl games. Like, it would be yeah. awesome to be able to – be paid for what you do, but you really do it for the love of it. So, so, and there's a very small percentage of people, really, when you put the numbers in, that even become D1 athletes, um, thank you. which is something to be so proud of. Thank you. So, what advice would you give someone who wants to become a D1 like swimmer or athlete? What traits do you think are essential for success in the sport? I think more than anything is mental toughness and just a true love for the sport. I mean. So many mornings, it would be 6 a.m., I'm walking to practice, and I'd think, I'm quitting today. I can't do this. It's cold. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get in that pool. And I was just tired and cranky, and I had friends on the team. Like, I was never actually quitting, but, you know, sometimes, you, not every not every time, like, the story I shared is your best time. Like, I, my first two years, I struggled with my times, and it was, you know, why am I putting in all this work and effort? But, um, like I said, when I was five or 18 I couldn't picture my life without swimming so I knew it was definitely something I had to continue so put four more years in and then yeah you never I mean you know, be a part of it again not but. swimming <clears throat> even if it was d2 d3 it just wasn't in the cards for me I had to, I wasn't ready to give it up so what were some of the challenges you faced and like how did you overcome them I would say my biggest challenge was that I was a very hard worker as I said before I'm, I'm proud of that but I'm definitely not the most talented. And that's kind of been my whole life. Like, even, like, with academics, I always had to study harder to, you know, not... I, I wasn't even guaranteed I'd get the best grades, but I always just had to put in that extra work, and it was just frustrating. I mean, I may have seemed talented at my summer swim club, but then you get to this level, and everyone's that talented and more. Like, you're not the big fish anymore at my small lower division swim club in the summer where, you know, I taught all other kids to swim, but, um, and then you're with your teammates at practice, at class, at social events, and you live with some of them. And to see some of these athletes and friends of yours that are more talented and don't put in the work and just are naturally faster than you, it just, it can eat at you. And a couple of times I had to, you know, like not let it eat at me. I mean, I had some friends that, you know, put in the work and were talented and they just crushed it. Um, but that was my biggest, and it was nobody else's fault. Like if they didn't want to put in the work, that was their choice. So I had to mentally get over that and, you know, put in the extra work to make that scoring team or just 
make that that relay I wanted to make or like I said make that consolation heat that I brought up yeah that's hard that's a hard lesson to learn um and just go through life with like you're like I'm doing the same exact thing that you're doing why are you better than me or I'm doing more than you're doing why are you still better than me and with a competitive and and the other thing about swimming which is like one of the things that um I think for me personally well a I was slow at swimming but again I did not want to put in the work but I always like swimming is so personal like you have nobody to blame except yourself if you don't do well which is tough like and Mm -hmm. it's not that you know so that is so much tougher like I could be on a basketball court and maybe I'm a pretty good shooter but if I have a good point guard I'm gonna be a better shooter exactly yeah you're you're by yourself like I guess with training during the week you can kind of swim off other people but yeah it's just you and your thoughts in that lane yeah. and just what you can mentally push through so it got frustrating but then you know if you put it into perspective other people might look at me and think oh she has all that talent yeah I mean so it's all it's all relative right and it's funny because when you were saying like you were like the big fish and you know the Tebby Chase division <laughs> um I was like little fish okay and um but then wait guys this is my all-star swimming story I went to college and being a health and phys ed major I had to take um uh swimming oh, class really? like I had to take it you because you, because you might have to teach swimming essentially makes sense, yeah. and um so I went to it I'm like whatever and nobody could swim and I was like the star (laughs) student and everyone's like how'd you learn this like whatever and I was like this is my time to shine this is why I swam for 12 years and got laughed yeah thanks to my mom for making me do this Uh, but it was funny because that does give such a perspective where it's like I always felt like I was terrible in and I was in summer (laughs) swimming then I go to this small little D2 college that I was the star That's, for, for, for six weeks. That. I think. That's awesome. <laughs> so I could never be a D1 swimmer. And yes, from my perspective, looking at you, you are like way. Yeah, it's all about, you know, like I said, it's all about how you look at things. Yeah. So how did you prepare for competitions? Like what was your mindset going into each race? For dual meets throughout the year, we would have to, it was annoying. We would have to like go warm up at the pool, then go back to where we lived and then go back to the pool two hours later and then warm up. Like we kind of trained through our dual meets, but then, um, when it was time for the bigger meets, we would do this thing called a taper. And I was always so frustrated with that too, because men had, men need more rest than women because they have bigger muscles Mm -hmm. and are bulkier. So we would have harder practices for so much longer before these big meets. And I'm like, what the heck? I don't, I don't want to be done like these guys are. So, um, but yeah, when you taper, you kind of do less and less training. So then when it comes time for that meet, your body is ready to basically explode and go as fast as it can. Yeah. Uh, my version of tapering was eating carbs the night before <laughs> swimming. <laughs> Again, very different. But um, yeah, it's just... and it, if you put in the work, you're more confident. And personally, when I would warm up, I liked when I felt a little sore because then I kind of worked through the stroke. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. Let's just wrap this part up. Um, How do you think being a D1 swimmer really shaped your identity and sense of self both in and out of the pool? It made me a competitor, I guess, through everything in life. And also... 
I don't know if this is really part of the question, but it has brought me lifelong friends that I still keep in contact to this day. I mean, most of them live still down in the Maryland area, but um, I can text or call them at any time of the day. And we used to see each other more often, but, you know, they shared everything I just shared. They went through the same thing. And to just have a group of girls that understand what you were training for day in and day out. And then, you know, just the way you look at life because that's what you're dedicated to. That friendship has lasted since you know 2004 when we started swimming there so I I love identifying as a division one swimmer I'm very proud of it and I you know just hope that if people you know have the hope and I don't want to say dreams of doing that then they should pursue them because I don't regret anything that's good to know that you don't regret it because (laughs) after all that time and effort I'm sure um, you know, it's so important and you do, you're so lucky to have those friends and, um, that's what your life was revolved around really in your college career. So it's good that you had those teammates and I've been lucky enough to meet some of them and their fun personalities and, uh, it's um, character of girls. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Um, all right. All right, so let's transition over to the parenthood piece. You have one daughter named Navy, and she's about a year and a half. Um, It's been so fun watching you be a mom. You're great (laughs) at it. Thank you. Um, But what do you think the thing you were least prepared for in parenthood was? So I never knew if I wanted children. I, I didn't grow up thinking, like, you know, I need to be a mom. I want to be a mom. Obviously, I met the right person, and, you know, we didn't have kids right away, and we decided, yeah, we're going to have a baby. And in the newborn stage, giving up my entire self for this little baby. I I mean, obviously life changes. I get all of that. We did all of our traveling, our partying. We were ready for this. But everything from the time it takes to get out of the house with the newborn, their nap schedule, going to the grocery store, getting someone to watch her for the gym, everything was on Navy's schedule And that changed from week to week. Some days she would nap two hours. And then once I figured that out, she would nap 45 minutes. And I remember texting you being like, she's crying in the crib. Can I finish my Peloton ride? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, so that was all, I guess, new territory for me. And looking back now, I laugh and can obviously would be able to handle it better. But being a first time mom, man, that was... It's uh, crazy. And it is... scary. And, you know, I say... The moms before us really make the world go round because when I became a mom, there were so many people that I hadn't talked to in forever that I was like, help, please. Oh, yeah. How do I, like, do this? And they're glad to share, and I feel as though I'm that way, you're that way. Like, anything you need, let me know, even if my advice is crap, but, like, something resonates with you. Absolutely. Hopefully it it can help. I had a group of, like, five five people I go to some for something. Yeah. It was, um, but yeah, the whole scheduling part, like after six weeks of it, I, my, my, Mike and I sat down and, you know, we got me on a gym schedule and it just, we worked it out, but I just was not prepared to take 45 minutes to get out of the house with the baby. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. And it's hard. It is so hard to go even now, you know, obviously, you know, now when you just come over with no kid and it's like, oh, I can just get out of the car. Oh, yeah. That's it? It's That's easy. nice. It's such a... And I only have one child, so no, the people, you have two, and then 
the people that have multiple, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I guess they just get better at it with each kid. Yeah, it's and it is something. Yeah, I see. As Willow gets older, she's easier in some ways, harder in others. But sure. she's easier in the sense of like she can do things more and. Um, I guess that's just how, because, like, by the time you have your third or fourth child, your kid has to be a little bit more self-sufficient. Sure. I don't know. I guess that's the only way. <laughs> um, now that Nadie's a little older, what do you think that your favorite thing to do with her is? I love to just take her everywhere. We went to the Phillies game on a whim list yesterday at 4 o'clock, uh, the game was, and we've taken her to the 7 o'clock games. We had tickets, and she may be too little to remember everything, but knowing she's enjoying an experience or a memory, it's so rewarding. And then I have that memory that I can take. And, you know, she won't act the same way at the Phillies game this year as she will next year. So we've done Phillies games uh, through work. I've taken her to the Sixers games, the Flyers games. She loves all the lights and whatnot. The park, the farms around the corner, walks outside, you name it. I do not give up an opportunity to take her somewhere. And then um, if we're not somewhere, just playing in the house. Uh, now that the weather's nicer, we'll go outside. We'll play with the dogs. We'll walk. You know, she loves, gosh, the outside, outdoors just entertains her for hours. And it's great. She loves being out there. But, yeah, I just, I love making memories for her. And that is also something that, I mean, I never understood till I became a mom where I would be the person that's like, why are you going to take your kid here? they're not going to remember. Oh. And, and when we do stuff with our kids, they're like, why you're, they're not going to remember. Yeah. And like you just said, but we are going to remember. Sure. And That's... is it harder to take her to a Phillies game? Yeah. Yesterday. I mean, we got to see a game. They won an extra innings off a walk off hit. And I had to take her up to the pro shop with the fanatic statue to get her. She was just, she had enough. I didn't get to see that part. So yeah, it's not exactly what it was before kids, but I mean, there's so many good memories sprinkled. You remember the good things yes. over the bad, like when you're in the moment and you're thinking, oh my gosh, 45 minutes of this is so hard, but the other like three hours are really fun. You're going to just naturally remember Absolutely. that three hours of fun. Um, and I think that's why people have more kids because they don't remember the beginning. Oh, or yeah. The, or the hard time. Nature purposely <laughs> makes you forget what you yeah. went through and whatnot because, yeah, I mean, but the, I just doing different things with her and seeing her light up, is, it makes me so happy. Um, so what do you think your parenting style is? I like to think I'm laid back, um, but maybe I'm a bit of a hybrid. I'm stricter on some things. Like, I try to limit her screen time we don't really ever have the tv on except you know the phillies are on or uh football in the fall and then i don't just give her my phone to keep her quiet i think you know that's i mean for in our household it might work in other households but i want to interact with her to try that i mean if we're obviously out somewhere and i need her to be quiet she'll take the phone but she really doesn't even get into the screen time she's probably still a little bit young before she gets hooked onto that um but if we're out somewhere, like I just said, or a family member gives her a phone, I'm not going to freak out. I don't yeah. care. Like, <clears throat> you got to pick and choose your battles. Yeah, and then like when we take her places, her sleep schedule gets off. So then after a week of that, I'm like, all right, maybe we should get you on a schedule. Like It's not fair to you. But I'm never not going to live life because of a schedule or rules, these unwritten rules. and um, So many unwritten rules. Yeah, same with the eating. <laughs> like. I don't have a lot of snacks in the house. Obviously, her baby's, her, her snacks, but, like, 
we don't have cookies. We don't have this because personally, I will I will eat it all. So, but again, when she's with my my parents, Mike's parents, she has a party at school. I'm not going to say no, no. She can't have that. So it's just yeah, a hybrid is what I would consider myself. And it's interesting when you talked about the schedule of just like living life no mm-hmm. matter what. Um, when I had Willow, we were in COVID, so keeping a schedule was very easy, though. That was the thing. She was in bed every night at the same time. Her naps were at the same time. Wow. Everything was at the same time because we literally didn't have never thought of it like that. anything else to do. And then when Parker came along, I'm like... So interesting. What? I can't be in at eight, like, or, you know, yeah, like, it's... we're out doing stuff, and... Um, yeah, it was very interesting to have that different experience of just like, literally, if I needed to be home for Willow to go to bed, there was no problem with it because we just didn't have to deal with it. I remember my mom saying that when she had my older sister, Erin, they did everything and she's like, I mean, she's like, what are you not going to live your life because they need to nap at a certain time? Like you make Mm -hmm. them conform to your life. Yeah. Yes. That, so the, we're the, big believers of that. And that's like right now the one thing is like the 12 to 3 time frame. I'm pretty much like I will do anything outside of that. I'll keep them up till as late as they want. But like just 12 to 3, they're napping. Yeah. That's probably about the only yeah, strictness Navy that I have. definitely needs her nap because then it's just Cause then you can't a stay lot out. of yeah. work <laughs> later yeah. on. They're she's, crazy. I mean, it's not fair to her either. So yeah, it's I try and be fair on both sides. So you are a working mom. Um, what does your typical routine look like? Balancing work, taking care of Navy, balancing social. So during the week, uh, it's pretty cut and dry. I get up with her, change her, dress her, and then we're out the door to daycare. She loves it there. So it's very rewarding. It's a friend of mine that watches her. She's been in business for, I think, like 10 years now. So that part's great. They do a lot of teaching and if she gets fussy, I'm like, oh, we're going to go see your friends. And, you know, and then when she gets home, we play either inside or outside. Now that's nicer out, we have dinner, play some more, and then put her to bed. It's, like, very easy. And, like I said, I only have one, so, and we're very lucky. She seems to, you know, be an easier baby. And, you know, my husband's home a lot of the time, so he'll play with her. We'll hand, if I have to do dishes or whatnot, like, you know, Switch we work together, yeah. Basically on the weekends, we uh, if I'm not working, she we get up, we have breakfast, we play. Um, this past weekend we went to Johnson's Farms, uh, and then we take her home and she has her nap. Her nap is very important. Like I think we were just saying that it just it affects the rest of the day. So if she gets her nap, whether it's 45 minutes, it's usually about two hours, sometimes three. We're good to go, and then. We can go somewhere after that, or we'll play outside, just hang out at the house. But um, right now it's pretty basic because she is pretty young. Yeah, it's still difficult, but young enough to, uh, I guess, like, my friends who have older kids, they're like, yeah, once you they get older, it's like the sports and activities. Now sure. it's like you're, you're tough in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think the most challenging aspect of being a working mom and of a toddler is? How have you coped with it? I feel like it's just, you don't have a, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I don't have enough time in the day to do everything, like to make dinner, to get her, to work out. And a lot of it's in my head. And like you said, yep, like I got to wake up earlier or, you know, stay up later and make meals. Sometimes we don't go to bed till 11 o'clock and that's what we choose to do. But it's definitely, you definitely have to plan ahead 
and Mike's there to help me and makes it more manageable, but I just, I have, I've had to learn to let go being okay with not getting everything done. Like, which I don't work out every day. It is the way it is. I, I chose to have my child instead. So it's just, you know, and I think because I was a division one athlete, it's so ingrained in me to be like, you have to work out. You have to, you can't skip, you can't do this. And the intensity of the workout has to be at a certain level. It's very hard to let that part go. So letting myself go of that is probably just as challenging. Yeah. That's probably definitely hard to um, manage in the sense of like, this is, I'm just doing like a walk today. It's like, that's not a workout. (laughs) Oh, a funny story. So when I, after the six weeks I had Navy, I was, I, I, I struggled with just like the anxiety of like, I, I think about getting out of the house. I'm never going to be on time. Like I, I had a lot of like, I don't want to call it postpartum, but I like overthought things and whatnot. And she was like, you know, we have to get you working out and we have to get you out on a walk. And I looked at her and I'm like, a walk is not working out. What are you talking about? And she looked at me like Carly. <laughs> so I like, I realized that I'm like, I have to not lower my expectation, but just give myself the time and patience to allow, you know, changes in life. Yeah. It's a different, different season. Yeah. So, um, how do you think a mom has impacted your career goals and aspirations? At work, I still want to be the best at what I do. So I'm in sales for my company and, you know, again, it's like my own personal business. So I think it's perfect for what I've grown up doing. It's, I challenge myself. I don't, have to, I, I basically compete with myself. Um, and having a baby, it did not change that. If anything, I think it, I would like to set a good example for Navy working as my mom did for me. I grew up, my mom was a teacher. She always went to work. She came home, she cooked us dinner. She took us to practice. You know, my dad was there too. And a lot of times women feel like they have to give up their career. It changes them or, you know, but for me, being a mom is kind of separate from my work, which I like, but also at the same time, when I look at Navy, I realize that is what matters in life. Like I don't live to work. I work to live. Yeah. I I totally can, um, agree with that where it's like, you're, you're still working and you want to work so you can do all these great things with her, but you know, being home at a certain time is important as well. Definitely. Um, what have you learned about yourself since becoming a mom? Like, how has it influenced your parenting style? Since I've become a mom, excuse me, since I've become a mom, I cry at everything. As we saw earlier, <laughs> or heard earlier in the podcast, um, it's annoying. But I also, I'm, I was never a kid person. I, I said earlier, I, I didn't know if I wanted kids, and I just, I wasn't the one that wanted to babysit or whatnot. And now, though, I have so much more empathy and sympathy for moms out there and kids of all ages. I see kids everywhere, and I think, oh, like, you know, it's given me a softer, more patient heart. And when parenting and I'm wrestling with Navy, they'll just let me change her diaper. For some reason, she doesn't like her diaper change now. I'm like, a couple breaths, like, just be patient and get through this. Um, I think it's helped me, you know, become more patient and tolerant of the uncontrollables and just like I said a a softer heart for sure for children I agree with that yeah for kids like I mean when I would be like out at a restaurant I'd be like why is there kids here and or now like, like an airport I'm like can you 
shut your kid up. Yeah. Like now you're like, do you need help? Yeah. How can exactly. I help you? I'm like, sorry for being such an yeah un not understanding person for so long with that, but yeah. Um, so how do you deal with the days that everything kind of seems to be going wrong and you're feeling overwhelmed with work and parenting responsibilities? I like to think that I can just go work out and clear my head. Um, if I can, that is the best. Uh, I said earlier that I just, I'd like to work out for that hour. It's solely for me and it clears my, it just gives me a different perspective on anything that's going on. When I can't do that, I text friends. I, I text you constantly. Uh, f- their support is wonderful. And a big thing I like to do is sleep on it. I know that when something happens and I'm all upset, like something happened with work yesterday, very end of the day, and I took it to bed with me. I was so, I was just, I was pissy about it. And I woke up this morning and it was like a different situation. Like the the night's sleep for me, and I, I know this. I'm like, just go to bed and deal with it in the morning. And it becomes, you know, I don't know if my brain's working on it or you just have some time to walk away and cool off. And I think that eventually will transpire with having children. Because, I mean, the one-and-a-half-year-old, she'll become... She'll test the limits, I'm sure, in the future. Yes. But, um, yeah, I that's my big thing to... Get a good night's sleep on it. Yeah, emotional clarity for sure is something that just helps us. What has been your proudest moment as being a working mom, just being a mom in general so far? I guess being a working mom, being able to work full-time and part-time with the help of my husband. Like I said, we're a team. And then I know when I do work full-time and part-time, yes, I'm away from my daughter, but I'm also setting her up to give her the best life possible. Just, you know, setting an example or, yes, would I like to be at home watching TV or going somewhere with her? Yes, but giving her opportunities to do stuff that maybe I didn't have. And my parents always said, you know, you always want to give your kid more than what you had. So that's always in the back of my mind. And later on, if I work now on the weekends, I work a lot if at my part-time job. But if I work now versus when she's older and she's playing sports, I can, you know, say, all right sit back from work I, I, I put in the time yes we Mark and I talk about that a lot and um I read uh, Jay Shetty had like a book recently like becoming mm-hmm. a monk or something and that's one of the things he talked about was like so many people get so stressed about like if they're working you know of course you're not overly working where no. that can be you know you're missing out on everything but he's like I remembered at five o'clock after I didn't like who cares about daycare I thought everybody went to daycare or like everybody did this like you just don't know any differently but my parents were able to take us away or like do this or that and those memories also stood out too so that's something that you know you just what are your hopes and dreams for Navy's future like how do you plan to support her if she chooses to become a working mom as well it's gonna sound very very cliche but uh I just want Navy to be happy healthy and a kind person and I can just be there for her no matter what else is going on in life and support her with whatever makes her happy and, you know, support her healthy decisions. And I'd like to think she's a kind person. I mean, she's a year and a half, but that's really what matters in life is just being happy and healthy. And whatever her dreams are, I want her to fulfill her dreams. I'm not going to pick her dreams for her. I'm not going to live through her life. I'm going to be there and just let her know that She's still loved by myself, my husband, and we do it over constantly. Definitely a first child. But um, 
our extended families love her so much as well. And, you know, I just want that love to continue to have her ride. I want her to ride that out through her life. And that's so important. And as a high school teacher, it's like, you know, I always say, I'm like, I don't know which one of you was like breastfed. I don't know who crawled first. I don't know who did eight perfectly or had the perfect schedule. It's like, but I definitely know whose parents teach them to be good people. Like that's, and, yes. and teach them how to have fun and like enjoy life is, you know. Exactly. So to kind of wrap this up, what's one piece of advice you would give other parents? I would say try and roll with the punches as much as possible. Babies and toddlers, they're the most unpredictable beings. Um, and if you like control, it's just, you have to let all control loose. You can't control if they get sick they don't want to eat something or decide not to sleep or one day she likes broccoli and the next she doesn't. And it can be extremely frustrating, but if you know this ahead of time and consciously don't get worked up over every little thing, not only is it better for your child, but it's better for your own sanity. And if you're a more sane parent, you're a better parent for your children. So yeah, I, I, I said the broccoli example, she love broccoli then she hated it and we tried it again the other day and she loves it again so I'm like oh okay great thank you like so I mean and then she might just, not like it yeah, next I know. Week. you know it's just, I, it's rolling just with the punches yeah. exactly like you, you said. figure out one thing and another thing goes between the sleep and the eating and just the behavior so I mean just they always say you'll miss these days so just treasure them that's so I love that so yeah. um important to do so to kind of just transition on kind of in the realm of parenthood but you probably learned a lot because you're one of four you have an older sister and your younger sisters are twins so you are not only one of four but you're one of four girls which um (laughs) is so what was it growing up what was it like growing up with three sisters I guess I'm considered the uh poor middle child you are the middle child yes (laughs) honestly it's all I knew and it it seemed normal I mean, I always had somebody to play with, whether it was me, sorry, Aaron, tormenting you as a younger child. I was a brat or Sean and Kelsey that, you know, I could always get one of them on my side. So yeah, I mean, I was a little bit of a brat and I think back, I'm like, oh gosh, I can't believe I did that. But all kids, you know, siblings fight, um, we gang up on each other, but we definitely had some awesome fun times playing together. It was, um so many memories I can't even you know there's a large age gap my younger sisters are four years younger and my older sister seven years older so the different memories at different times you know just they from playing I I, I most vividly remember playing with my younger sisters outside but then going to watching all of Aaron's sports and seeing like oh wow like I could do this one day and our house was just a revolving door with all the activities we were involved with like I really don't know how my parents were able to do it with four of us yeah and twins I mean it just you know we did all the activities they never shorted us for anything in fact they shorted themselves so we would have everything yeah you guys were so involved and I mean maybe the age gap played like a little bit into like the helping them not be like everybody's in the same act but the twins were you know they were yeah I mean Erin unfortunately she was the oldest so she got stuck watching us a lot we didn't Mm. we never behaved for her I mean I look back and I'm like god I was a nightmare I don't know. It, it just, it, it's just, it you know, you're with your sisters. They're your best friends and also your worst enemies at the same time. So, 
Do you think being a middle child, like, shaped any of your personality or your interests growing up? I mean, I was the only one. I'm the only one that can say I have an older sister and a younger sister. So I think I had the best of both worlds. I, you know, I had somebody to look up to and then also somebody to protect or guide. And if you ask the three of them, they might think something differently. But, I mean... No, I, I, I joked earlier, but I didn't have the poor middle child syndrome. I, you know, loved all three of my sisters, still love them all, and just wanted, you know, was their biggest fan. I remember, you know, going to Aaron's field hockey games I was not interested in. Sorry, I just was not interested in field hockey, but her lacrosse games I was just enamored with. Like, it was just awesome to watch. And then, you know, my sisters, the twins, they grew up swimming, and... I wanted them to be just as successful, if not more successful than me. So I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I was uh, the poor middle forgotten child. It was no, nobody was forgotten in our family. Um, for all of you guys, you played, you, you all played sports. Do you think that like you kind of played off of each other? Like who, you know, I mean, Aaron playing field hockey and lacrosse being the oldest, did your parents kind of just, like, randomly pick that? Did she get involved in it? And then, obviously, like, swimming. Did she swim? No, Erin yeah. never swam. Because when we joined the swim club, I was five, so she was already like or four. Middle school. Yeah, basically. she was already 11 or 12, and she was very much into uh, field hockey and lacrosse. And she's very fast. I mean, she was always a fast runner, so that was just her interest. And I picked up on swimming, and... Then Sean and Kelsey started swimming. We always, they, they tease my mom or give my mom a hard time, and they said they never wanted to do it, but they swam in college. Um, and they also did all the sports, but um, yeah, we, I always, I always said, I said, we're the, the four boys my dad never had. Like, we're all tomboys, like, all very competitive, all very type A personalities. So that would make the, the fighting. That would explain the fighting going on, but then also, you know, um, the love-hate relationship. Um, and what do you think your parent, your parents' parenting style was like? Like, how did they handle having the four daughters? I feel like they were stricter. Maybe <laughs> they were, not. Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, they were strict. Um, we always had rules, and I was scared to break the rules. I, I don't know if that's why I'm a rule follower, because I didn't want to get in trouble, um, I wasn't allowed to skip practice. I had to be in at a curfew. I remember, I'll never forget, my mom I, My mom came back and was like, what's wrong? I'm like, well, Sam's still allowed out, and I'm at home, and she's still at the place I was at, and she's like, all right, we'll extend your curfew a half hour. I'm like, great. <laughs> um, and, you know, we ate what was out for dinner, but looking back, it had to be hard, and, you know, now that I have a kid, they were just doing what they could to survive, and... I'm also maybe grateful for the fact that they were stricter because it, you know, shaped who I am today. And like I said, I had this love affair for swimming and without, you know, their, you know, their regiment, I don't know if I would have been as successful. So yeah. And I think you and I always kind of, we definitely always stuck together and it was like, yeah. your parents were stricter than mine were like strict ish. Yes. Um, yours were stricter, and we always somehow got out of the worst predicaments because of I one guess. of our parents just being like, oh, you know. Yeah. And the joke was, oh, anything I did with 
the kids I swam with. I could do anything. Like, yeah. go away on a trip for the weekend. Not that we did that, but it was the running joke. Like, if I was with swim kids, it was, the, the rules seemed to disappear. But, right. um, no, my parents, I mean, looking back, they, they were strict, but I would also say their parenting style was 1,000% selfless. They, they worked so many jobs and did so much for us to have what we did have, for us to have the experiences they were two teachers with four kids and we you know we didn't suffer for anything yeah you guys like never really not that you never really wanted but like you didn't didn't, say yeah yeah and you they were at all of our yeah they were at all of our sporting events everything so i mean they weren't absentee parents and that's you don't realize it at the time but as you get older you're very thankful for that so strict but very loving parents still to this day so we have talked about fitness and parenthood and growing up and um now we're going to talk about us Mm. um carly is has been by my side for so long it seems like i never lived life without you you're like a sister that um i just a sister from another mister i guess is that what they say (laughs) um but like we have walked through all different paths of life we went through elementary uh middle high school we didn't go to college together i think it's important to say we grew up four blocks away from each other true (laughs) yes we did also (laughs) our parents knew each other from high school it just you know it was just Uh, happened to be that way uh we did not go to the same college but then we lived together down the shore um for a couple summers and then we were in each other's weddings. We have traveled all around the world together. Um, it's been a lifetime. It really has. We And I do find that, you know, we are just so lucky. I mean, I have to say, you, Carly is like, and I'll probably get emotional oh, now. No, <laughs> no but um, I always think about how so very lucky. I'm, first of all, so lucky to have a lot of female companionship. Um, we do but a lot. Carly has been my consistent girl. Like, she is my she's the biggest supporter ever. Like I could bring up the, like the dumbest idea and Carly would literally be like, what do you need me to do to support you? <laughs> um, I mean, this alone, I'm like, I don't know how you do this, but I think you should interview. Yeah. Carly's always sending me, Oh, Hey, you should interview this person or you should interview that person. Or, Oh my gosh, I just listened to your episode and you know, this, that, but, um, honestly through like every phase of our life, she has just been the, and everybody needs a friend like you. You are, as I said, like such a hard worker and you just, we are very... We're lucky to have yes, each other. Yes, we are very lucky to have each other. So what is your earliest memory of our friendship and like what is your perspective of how we became friends? I think we met each other at a very young age. Like I said, our dads went to the same high school and Holy Cross people, everyone knows everyone at Holy yeah. Cross. I, like, I still don't understand, but it's just the way it is and we met at I think your cousin's graduation party we, we were did. five yes I have this memory and ingrained in me but I feel like our friendship didn't really blossom until sixth or seventh grade because somebody didn't move over on the bus when I got on it in fifth grade <laughs> to let me sit <laughs> and I, um I'll be honest I don't even remember how our friendship happened because like I just said like in elementary school we're always in the same classes but it we never clicked but then some yeah. point in sixth or seventh grade I just remember being close to you and I don't really remember how it happened yeah. when or why and it just has been that way ever since uh, yeah I kind of think we just were like 
just started same like classes, talk, yeah like, we were we were in a lot of we were always in the same classes and i think we just kind of got over our like uh whatever i don't even know what, it, even was. Know what it was <laughs> it was dumb stuff yeah. i moved over finally for you uh, <laughs> thank god um how did our friendship change as we transitioned from like as we just said you know elementary to middle high school college um, um like i said were we from yeah elementary no school? no i'm just i'm just kidding uh we were i just i don't think we i don't know why we weren't friends in elementary school silly stupid stuff uh but we had a kick-ass birthday party oh when our seventh, we our turned 13 yes and i really we had a oh my gosh we had at the temmie j swim club we yes. all we talked about earlier we had a dj and we invited everybody we just thought we were the coolest. Oh my gosh, and I think like everybody was. Oh yeah, it everybody was, like, was invited. You want to be invite? You want to invite? Like we had flyers, just, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was just our parents. Your dad did the grilling. It was just such a great time. Our, our parents got along, and I mean, we never looked back from that. High school, we had a lot of the same classes, and friend groups. But even the different friend groups we would have, like, we always had each other. Mm -hmm. And I think just the same interests we had, jokes, and maybe even the way we were raised at home. Like, you know, my parents were stricter. Yours weren't as strict, but they still, you know, your your parents ran a tight ship at home. Like, maybe that's just why we bonded. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think that's, oh my gosh, I'm just like thinking of all of the flooded memories that we have um and just like growing alongside of each other is so like interesting to think about absolutely Um, but what do you think some of your favorite memories like from our teenage years are what there's so many (laughs) there's so many um trips to the shore when we used to stay in sea isle back before we could drive Mm -hmm. we would uh (laughs) go up on the boardwalk be afraid to talk to boys i was so awkward oh my gosh i literally remember us like sitting on the promenade just like okay now what i know like (laughs) neither of us were like very like outgoing when it came to that so it just it worked uh, our first party at the Delanco house. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that one. I, w- I would go back to that in a heartbeat. Um, I know. Disney World, we shared a room together on our class trip. And I remember you and I looked at each other like, we should just go off on our own. We, yes. we always <laughs> just connected. Like, you, I, I guess that's when our love for travel, like we had an agenda and we wanted to do X, Y, and Z. And I, I, I truly think that's where it started. Was our I remember people trip. like, I have to go to the bathroom again. I'm like, how many times do these people have to go to the bathroom? I'm like, we like, don't need more drinks. I, Let's go. Yeah, I need to go on another ride. Oh, I, yeah. That has to be where it started. Yeah. At, um, just, sleepovers at your house making cookies and burning out the mixer I mean that might have been middle school we were teenagers then um you being allowed to go out and I wasn't so I mean I remember specifically one party that you were I think like supposed to be at my house and like your mom was like you actually had a cell phone um way before I did (laughs) Did yeah I remember I remember like I didn't get a cell phone forever um but I remember you were supposed to be at your house, and, like, your mom must have called my house, and oh, my no. mom's like, I don't know, I dropped her off at a bar at a party. Oh. <laughs> your dad came uh, to the party oh, and no. was like, where's Carly or whatever, mm-hmm. and then 
I was like, and everyone's like, oh my God, a parent is here. And we're all like hiding. And, but you like came to the door and your dad was literally like, I'm not leaving without Sam. And oh, I was like, oh my God. Damn it. I know exactly <laughs> what party you're talking about. And I'm sure some of our listeners yeah. do too. <laughs> yes. Um, but again, it just goes to show like there was so many people that were there and your dad was literally like, I'm not leaving without Sam. And you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, that's like, like so <laughs> embarrassing but like as an adult it's like okay he was doing the right thing like getting making sure that exactly <laughs> what party you're talking about I was mortified and then crowned in the rest of the summer yeah. and you probably just wanted to enjoy it but no I, it's, I, and I look back I'm like yeah whatever it, the, yeah it's I mean it's just like a funny memory to yeah. me now um and then, uh, speaking of, like, to go back to swimming, the uh, the hotel party after Tri-County. Oh, wow. I forgot about that <laughs> until right now. Again, sorry, Mom and Dad. I, oh, it we was... were, so, we had just had this idea that we were going to go to this party at a hotel, and you and I were underage, and the cops we were, like, thought they were doing us a favor by calling our parents and not being 18. Yeah. Meanwhile, the 18-year-olds were able to call whoever to get picked up. Yeah. And I just... My dad had to get me. as like, you thought this was a good idea? And I'm like... <sighs> Again, looking back, like, what were we thinking? It was going, so stupid. It was, like, a nice hotel, too. It was, it was a like, business hotel. Yeah. Like, the Westin or something. It's like... I mean... <laughs> why would and you And my think? mom saying, why didn't you call me? I'm like, well, you didn't answer your phone. Yeah, exactly. I did. Um, so, yeah. Just, Dad, remember the story I told about you earlier. Don't get mad. <laughs> um, and then... Another great point in our life was when we lived down the shore together. I remember um, Steph, who was on the podcast before, she, like, had called me and was like, we need another roommate for the shore. Like, do you want to come live down? I was like, yeah, sure. And um, I guess I had just gotten off the phone with her. Maybe I told you before, like, oh, I have to call Steph and, like, Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to live down the shore this summer. And you're like, okay, bye. And then I get on the phone with Steph and then you call me, like, right after and you're like um do you think that I could live down the <laughs> I shore remember that. I'm like, too? please say yes yeah. please say yes please say yes I was yes. like oh yeah sure um you know so and that just grew a whole new um group of friends for oh, yeah. you know you to be involved in with me with uh which was really fun too because they're you know Kate and Steph are some of our our closest Definitely. friends. Um, it's how you met your husband living down yes, there. Yes, that's true. I for, And not that I forgot about that, but yeah, I feel like the years before we had the Shore House were probably, our college years were when we were most distant. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in college swimming nonstop. I, I could never come home on the weekends. I had practice every Saturday morning or I had a meet. You were playing rugby. You were involved with all kinds of activities. You went early your freshman year, right? To, yes. Yes, to... like... We're both very involved, which is what it should be. I mean, you branch off, you make new friends. And then um, I feel like when I moved into the Shore House, it brought us closer together. Mm -hmm. We were able to live with each other because we were both very, I think, easygoing. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Um, And we still, we, we made these new friends, but we always had our own set of friends. And then we also had each other. And I think just us not relying on only each other for all those years having separate group of friends but yet still having one another made our friendship grow and not like I didn't just rely on you mm-hmm. like and that was like that you know you had your girls your group of girls from Cinnamons in, in high school I had my group from swimming mm-hmm. and we it just always worked with us I don't know how or why you could just always like bring that one extra person and you were yes. always that person or you I was my, always that yes, person yes that's actually that's so funny it, it brought up a lot more memories like you would come to places with me with my swim friends and 
I didn't bring all friends. I, I brought you, mm-hmm. like, and vice versa, so. Um, so, I want to, you know, we were in each other's weddings as well. And before we get into the wedding days, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about my bachelorette party. Oh, <laughs> I think I, I wrote down, I feel like the real celebration were both of our bachelorette parties. <laughs> yes. Um, mine was oh. much more stressful to start off with. Uh, we got to the airport, literally... Carly, Caitlin, and I get to the airport. Um, Kate gets checked in. Now, Kate, like, is literally my friend that I brought in, kind of. Like, she only knew me and Carly, even though she knew the other girls. It was, some, it was mostly CIO girls. Um, but, like, you know, we were her comfort. Um, she checks in, whatever. Um, I check in, and they're like, yeah, like, you can't fly with this passport. And I was like, Excuse what do you me? mean you can't fly with this passport? And they're like, it's, like, ripped. And it had ripped literally years ago when I was in Ireland. And, like, I had traveled mm-hmm. to New Zealand with it, to Ireland with it. Like, I had traveled all these places with it. Um, and I still, that feeling was, like, so anxiety-ridden and Carly just totally took over and was like, Kate, you go up, meet the other girls. Like, okay, like yelling at this lady at baggage, telling her to rebook our flights because this lady was like trying to tell me to go to Philadelphia's like passport center, which I never would have made my bachelorette party if I hadn't. And, um... (laughs) We leave, we leave the terminal, and this other guy was trying to get into a cab, and Carly, literally, you were like, <laughs> we're getting into, um, I'm calling Passport, and then they basically were, like, kind of telling me that, like, nothing was going to work out, and we, like, get out where this poor guy was, like, stuck with us oh in God. the terminal, and I went in and, like, asked someone, like, what's wrong with my Passport, and they're like, oh, it's fine. Yes, it was when United and American were owned by the same people or something. It was two different airlines owned by the same places. So I'm like, pack all... I I just went into flight or flight mode. I don't know. I was like, we're going to combine all our stuff. We left a carry-on suitcase in the middle of the airport empty. Um, (laughs) And then you you were like pretending we were like a you you thought that people thought we were gonna be a we were the couple that yes, was like getting I up. was dressed in like her a jersey because we got jerseys made for a yeah. party she was cute in her like pink dress and like sachet we got her and it just it's like and we they were like you can fly into Mexico but we don't know if you're getting into Mexico so I'm like oh, okay like I have the bachelorette like we can't have a bachelorette party without the bachelorette it's gonna completely destroy the party and I'll never forget Caitlin's just like waving to yeah. us up <laughs> Going the escalator. Up I'm like just go Kate like you have to go we can't and like the two of us rearranging is easier than three of us she went on and luckily by the grace of God we got there yes later but. I remember, I'm like, all right, we're going to do a bar crawl in the airport. And if anyone knows Sam, she wasn't eating, she wasn't drinking. I'm like, uh, it was like record stop, crickets on. I'm like, are you okay? She was just, the poor thing, you were so upset and worried that you weren't going to get there. And I don't blame you. But we got there. But you got there. And it was, oh man, it was so much fun. So many memories and laughter and so many captains on that ship at your <laughs> yes, party. Like, there was. So many type A personalities. Yes. And there was lots of non-type A personalities <laughs> as well, which was, like, really funny, too. Oh, that was a great time. I remember getting there and just being like, I need a drink now. Yes. And just... Just oh. not, you know, 
Yes, so my bachelor party was so fun. And then Carly's, we went to Key West, and that was just one of the best trips that I've ever been on as well. I mean, I had... There was a lot of girls, 15 girls. My sisters were there, cousins, Mike's cousins, uh, swimming friends, high school friends, and I feel like everyone got along for the most part, and we just, I'm like, you know what, everyone have a vacation, and we just... Yeah, and that was something that I just really loved so much about yours, because so many bachelorette parties that you go on, it's like, okay, everything's jam-packed with, like, you have to be at this time, here at this time, and it's like, people spend a lot of money to go somewhere, and... The thing that I loved about yours is there was one event every day that we were there that everybody did together, and then it was kind of like, go do stuff on your own, which Mm -hmm. was like also really fun as well. Um, Caitlin and I, we went to like dinner and like had dessert. Like my sister, I remember texting me like, where's Carly? (laughs) Did you guys go to like the southernmost point together? Yeah, with the infamous picture. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, And but I mean, like that was just the fun of it because like. There was so many people there that we all got to have our fun. Yeah, I wanted everyone to have a good time. And, I mean, us swimming at 4 a.m., like, oh, that place was so cool. and just You turned me into the love of, like, food down there. Mm. And it was just, like, it was obviously for you, too, I'm sure. (laughs) And remember, this is, like, another thing that I do tell people. This is how crazy I am with traveling places. Um, When... I had, like, a list of places that I wanted to Mm go, and um, we were with, like, a group, and we went into this, like, random diner. It was Denny's. Okay. All right. This makes me feel much better (laughs) that it was Denny's, okay? Because I literally sat down, and I was like, I'm not eating here. I was like, guys, I'm just going to go by myself somewhere to eat that's on my list. <laughs> like I'll everybody, never forget that. Everybody like, just stared at me and was like, we can come with you. I'm like, no, like, and seriously, I was like, no, like, I just have a long list of places that I want to go, and Denny's is not one of them um, in Key West. Like, yeah. I mean, whatever. And Carly, you were like, oh, like, I'll come with you. I And and then everyone else was like, it was very awkward I don't moment. I remember. Did I go with you? Did, for the bacon happy hour, bacon bomb happy hour? Or was it at the two? Yes, at the two cent bar. Yeah, with me, you, and Caitlin. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But I think it was like you know, some people stayed. I was like, yeah, guys, I'll go with her. You guys will eat. Yes, I mean, because some people don't care about that, and I was like, I want to go and try wherever she's trying. So again, our love for uh, trying new places and new things. But I was like, yeah, I'm not wasting a meal here. Sorry, (laughs) especially in Key West, they have some of the best. Uh, seafood and yes. it's just it's one of my favorite places so we'll have to go back together there anywhere yes um but yeah I wrote that I I, I wrote I feel like our real celebrations were at our bachelorette yes. parties um but being in your wedding was so cool I mean how do you describe it you're in your best friend's wedding drinking early pictures at the river for yours I mean I was I had a groomsman jump on my back, and I fell to the floor on the walkout. I was fine, but I'm like, embarrassed. I still am like, I need to, like, post that on something, because <laughs> it would totally get, uh, yeah, if viral was a thing when I got married, it would have been viral for sure. Um, but, yeah, same thing when I got married. Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, it's a fun day. Yeah, there's so much going on, though, for you as the bride. It's, like, hard to focus in on one person, mm-hmm. but, um, oh, yeah. I had definitely had a great time at yours. Yeah, same. Mike's like, we need to go home after. I'm like, the after party. <laughs> He's like, no, we're going home. Yes, yours was, oh my gosh, we had so much fun at yours. Um, so many people there. And then, like, having the key, 
the because so many people went on your bachelorette party, it was so fun at the wedding because like I just knew that many more people. Same with which yours. Was fun. Like yeah. I didn't really know like your CL friends yes. as well. And just looking back, I'm like, oh, that's gr- I got to spend time yeah. with them. Like it, you make new friends. So. So what? So we've taken a lot of trips together. Uh, we've gone the Mexico's one. Obviously, we've gone to different bachelorette parties. Yours. What do you think that we've been to Iceland? We've been to Ireland. Mm. Have we been anywhere else? I'm like trying to think. Um, uh, no, we've been to the same places and we'll text each other about it. Like yeah. last night, I texted you about Newport, but I think that's kind of it. So I mean, we've yeah. been to Charleston. Like yes, I'll ask true. you about different places. Um, Italy. But I think Iceland, Ireland, and then our two bachelorette parties. Yeah. Like, I, oh my gosh. I always thought, I was just talking about Ireland, actually, about how amazing and perfect that trip was. It was so perfect. We didn't really have an agenda. Like, we did definitely drive around. Um, we went to different places and got to see a lot of the country, which is beautiful and cool. But, like, we went from staying in bed and breakfasts to the quarters of a castle, mm-hmm. and we went and had dinner at a castle and, like, stayed the rest of the night. We were just talking about that. We met mm-hmm. a famous, it's Ireland rugby, it which was, is um, Irish rugby, which is different than regular rugby. It was, no, it was... Um, Celtic? G- yeah, Gaelic football. Okay, Gaelic that's football, what it yeah. was. We met this, apparently, we're talking to this guy, we randomly stop at a bar on the way there, and these bars are so cozy and cool, like, and the area is so green and beautiful, the bartender's like, you guys know who you were talking to? I'm like, no. Just another Irish guy. And sure enough, it was um, this Gaelic football player who was extremely popular and very good and just happened yeah, to pop in the bar. Like, we were talking to him and you could tell, like, he had money based on, like, how he was, like, dropping different things. Like, oh, I went to a suite at, like, a Giants game or, like, traveling to the U.S. kind right. of, of, like, different things that you were kind of, like... You're kind of, like, annoying a little bit. Yeah. Um, in a I way. think he was still drunk from the night before. He, yes, yeah. Because that's what the bartender was like, oh, he must be in the off season or something like yeah. that. Because it was very early, and um, he probably was like, oh, these Americans probably have no clue. No clue. I, I had no clue. And, of course, no we're clue. Googling him yeah. once the bartender I'm like, oh, my God, that is him. Um, and then another part of my another part of that trip that's my favorite is when we went to the Aran Islands, mm. and we rented bikes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the... Um, the dog that was like almost hurting us like he was yes. following us and it was just so like and then we stop at this random bar on this island that has like a population of 600 people they're speaking gaelic like the yes whole thing was i just forgot so about that cool. bar but i love that island oh my gosh yeah and the different rest ireland i don't care what people say it has some of the best food i've ever had it was i didn't i was just the other night saying how i didn't realize how coastal it was and, oh, like, how delicious. good the seafood was. And then they have, like, obviously the so many different... Um, we stayed at one Airbnb. It was, like, a farm Airbnb. And it had this amazing steakhouse. And one of our husbands was like, oh, I think we're eating the, that guy's sister out yeah, there. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, and we yeah. saw that famous um, banjo player, oh, yeah. violinist. Yes. At the, at the... Yes, in... Um, so many different places. Oh, my gosh, yes. I want to go back so badly. Yeah, we um, just had a perfect trip. Uh... Mark 
found a woman there who told him he looked like Channing Tatum, and he fell in love with her. And I said, yes. Sam, sorry, this is Mark's true love, Sarah. His true love, Sarah. Sarah, if you're listening, <laughs> I always am like, what if we like ran into her at another point in life? Because like that would be so funny. We met them at, uh, we thought we were having a boring Sunday night one night. We were kind of like, eh, we'll call it an early night. Mike and I had a 7 a.m. tea time at the place we were staying at. Next thing you know, we ran into these locals that just loved our American accents. I'm like, okay, cool. They're showing us all over. And then we go into this underground bar and it's a 12 person band. And I'm like, what is going on? It's Sunday night, everything's shut down except this bar. And it was incredible. And we got chicken afterwards at yes, this like their the fried fast food place. And we couldn't get back onto the our resort because it was on this island that had a moat around it. and yeah, the guy fell asleep. It was just we're probably boring you with our stories, but no, it was it's so an fun. incredible place and definitely a trip, Ugh. possibly my favorite trip. Yes, the uh, Waterford Castle. I want to go back. Yeah. to so badly. Their drinks at that bar. Ugh, the whiskey sours at the Waterford Castle. <laughs> I want more. The best I've ever had. The wine is not as good as those drinks. All right, so lots of trips. As we obviously grow older, as we enter our, well, we are in well into our 30s oh, no. now, yeah, sadly. Almost, I guess, in the upper 30s next month. What do you think challenges we face growing older? Or, like, how do you think that it's made us stronger? So I feel like as an adult, um, you more get to choose your friendships. Choose who you want to spend your time with, your energy with. And for that reason, I feel like our friendship is thriving right now. Mm -hmm. We support one another with whatever goals. And most importantly, you and I have never competed with one another. Ever. I can't ever remember when it was like, oh, you made this team, I didn't. And maybe it could be that we we had different interests, but we're truly happy and want this success for the other. And challenges are just not being able to see one another as much as we were able to before kids. So, I mean... Yeah, and it's that's so funny that you that's so funny that you like say that because I guess I never thought of it. Like both of us are very competitive, like type A driven women since we were I mean, since we were girls and like that never came out in like our friendship. And it's interesting cuz we always just like sit back and watch like drama kind of unfold. Yes. <laughs> and we're like, well, it's a good thing that's not us. No, yeah. like, you know, it's I mean, I have three sisters, and I can honestly say from the beginning, like, I've always wanted happiness for them, even more so than for myself. Like, it's just who I am to my core, and my closest friends, like, that's what I want for them, like. Yeah, and that's something definitely that you, like, have taught me in a way of, like, you're always someone who's wanting to, and I always want to see other people win as well, but, like, you are in such a way of like just anything you can do to like make people feel comfortable feel happy like you just want them to be everyone to be like accepted and um like that's definitely something that maybe I haven't always I don't know if I've always been like that people might remember me differently as a child like yeah I had a lot of attitude and whatever but like like I said as you get older you mature yeah. and I just like, we were talking the other night, and you said something like, oh, you know, if I ever make it big, I'm like, all right, well, when you do, 
I'll be with you on X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm coming along with you for the ride. Like, it's always not if you ever make it big. It's when you do or when you succeed. And it's just, like, it's so comforting to know that we're not competing with one another because really you just compete with your not compete with yourself, but you don't need to compete with anyone else. Yeah. And I think... And that is probably something that, you know, over the... It took us till our 30s to just in general feel that about like life where it's like you don't care about um I mean we've never I don't ever remember being like jealous or competing with you from like day one no I agree I think that's what I'm like trying to think but like but we also like we played basketball summer league together but like that Mm -hmm. but then that was really it, which I was, was good. never like upset, like oh Sam got a good grade, I didn't. Yeah, like, oh, but just... we were in all the same classes together. Yeah, which like were, or yeah. Sam got engaged, I'm mm-hmm. not engaged. Like I just was like, I don't know. When you're, that's why I know you're like yes. one of my a sister to me because you just want happiness for that person. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yes, we we're so lucky with that. What do you think? Some of the the like funniest moments that we've shared together different shore house memories I was thinking about like running to another house or yelling at people at our house um dancing in the middle of the morning we woke up and we unfortunately found out Michael Jackson passed away so we started dancing to Michael Jackson like what what are we doing um we'll randomly text one another the the stupidest stuff uh the one thing it wasn't funny at the time I don't know if you think about this ever but that mud run we did in Medford oh my gosh I was just actually talking about this because Steph that I work with she just did a uh like a 10k and I was telling her about the one that we did so Sam and I did I don't I think uh it was a girl in Cinnamonton involved there was six of us that did this mud run maybe seven or eight I forget and it's November and it's in the 40s so I'm like whatever like it's a lot of physical activity, blah, blah, blah. The very first thing we're doing is sliding down into a creek. And I'm like, wait, what? If For those of you that don't know me, I don't know how I've swam all my life because I hate being cold. Like, when I tell you I mentally shut down, like, it's, it's I, over. I still remember that exact moment and your face when you were like, we have to go in and you literally started like crying, crying. basically. Like, <laughs> I know it does. I know it's not tough. I don't, I know I was a, this division one athlete. No, like, and you turned around and looked at me and you're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm like, and so we got through that and we keep going. We had to go in the water again. We had to literally swim across a whole lake. Like that, it was not not a normal, like tough mudder where you're like going through little obstacles. It was literally a guy that was in like the military that just randomly created it and thought it was a good idea. And I was like, wait, we have to like swim across that lake, but we're in our clothes. Somebody was like, you can skip it. I'm like, yeah, we're going to skip it. And the one girl over there was like, no, we need to finish this. We didn't, we didn't skip it. Um, and then just like thinking of like bringing fitness in our our uh, bar crawls after the Broad Street Run. Oh, so much fun! Yeah, they, they were just a came lot up on my memories. Um, those we were used so to fun. Um, Sam and I would do the Broad Street Run. My older sister Erin would do it. She was always an avid runner, and they would do this bar crawl after the run. And she would say, "You have to do the run to be the bar crawl." So I'm like, "Fine, I'll run ten miles and do bar crawl, like whatever." And I think 
Did I talk you into it? Yeah, because we went to the the first year we did it. We went to brunch at Macrossens, and then we like had no idea where they were even doing it. We're like, oh, we'll take a cab there from Macrossens, and they were doing it. Macrossens is in Fairmont, and that's where the bar crawl was too. It was like literally like four blocks, and we like so took. Did a, you run the following year? <clears throat> no, I ran. I ran it that year, oh, okay. and then we like ate at Macrossens. I think with my mom maybe, that's and right. then we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna meet everybody out and. It was only a couple blocks away, which we didn't even realize, and then we had so much fun. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. One year I didn't run it and still came. I was like, I'm not running it this year, but I'm going. Oh yeah, (laughs) we had so much fun. I think my sister and her husband, they still do it to this day. I haven't ran the Broad Street in a few years. I kind of gave up the running, but those were were some fun, funny times. I mean... Mm -hmm. Having too much to drink after running 10 miles hits you differently. <laughs> Truly. Um, and then, obviously, Mark falling in love was just one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> Still have pictures yeah. of him and Sarah uh, she thought he was while we were happily him. married. Um, that was just, I mean, anything with Mark. Like, <laughs> that was a pizza around. Like, Mark, I, uh, secret, I don't know if this is a secret, but I, I'm Mark's biggest fan. I think he's she hilarious. Is. And... <laughs> Anything he says or does, he's not even trying to be funny. I'm just awkwardly laughing at him. <laughs> and he just, uh, any memories with him, oh my his God. comments to Sam, her lack of response to him, like everything. Mike and I have traveled with the two of them, and yeah. it's always a fun time. And that's like, because Mark is very, uh, like, introverted, but when you, like, know him, know him, he is so he just is so witty and like comes back and when we went to Ireland that was like the first time you really like realized what his actual Mm -hmm. personality was and um you're one of the lucky few I gotta say I'll (laughs) never forget we were standing it was in Waterford and we were standing at that bar by you were at a you know like a cocktail table and he was going off about something that you didn't do around the house, and you're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel better now? <laughs> and it was just, like, the whole dynamic, it just worked. Like, there was no animosity, and it was just, it was hilarious to watch you two. Oh, so, well, thank you. I, I love the two of you. I think we're funny. but uh, You guys you know. are, yes, very funny. So, obviously, we talked a lot about our younger years. How we supported each other in friendship as we became mothers and what lessons have we learned from each other as we navigate parenthood so i like to joke and i let you do everything first and then (laughs) i do it and then say okay help me um you got married first engaged first and then you you and mark had a baby and then a year a year later mike and i had a baby and i just was like what do i do help me do i do this do i do that and You've also had your second already, so if and when that time comes for me, I'm like, oh, perfect. I have Sam there. She just has led the way and is a great example and somebody to look up to. So I apologize for not being there to help you out with motherhood. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't know anything. But um, No, it's, fun. it's funny because it's like I um, – it's interesting to, you know, going through it, I had so many of the same feelings that – as a first-time mother, like, you did as well. Mm-hmm. But then when you're, like, asking me the questions, I'm like, eh, it's not that big a deal. You know, like, now that I'm – I've learned from it. And then, you know, with the second child, it's just so much more – I was – it's just so much more um, relaxing, I guess, because you, like, know – Relaxing, you know, but then you also have another time yeah. you have to take care of. It's, <laughs> it's like you just... have to know because you, ha- you yeah. can't spend enough time Googling what you have oh, to do I... at all times. 
Um, and, and Carly <laughs> is Parker's godmother, um, one of them, and she has two lucky godmothers because, um, we just wouldn't want anyone else being oh, such a good you. role model for him. Huge honor. Fun, uh, the fun Aunt Carly, we are so <laughs> lucky, you know, to have that, and, uh, Parker is just, like, along for the ride, as I always say. <laughs> He's the second Parker's one. Parker's the sweetest <laughs> and is the happiest. I just got to see him earlier today, and it's, he's always such a joy to see. He's um, growing up so quickly. He is. He's gonna. I can't believe he's going to be one. And, and you, your birthdays are a day apart. Many Meant to be. Yeah, yeah. yes. Meant to be. Another Gemini in our life. Oh, yes. <laughs> Poor Parker. Poor Parker. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, I love Gemini women. Some Gemini men are a little iffy. but He's uh, going to change that narrative. Yes. Yeah. Um, so thinking back from when we're five till now, how do you think that we've changed the most as friends from then till now? I feel like we've grown up as people, but I think the core of just wanting the best for one another is still there, and it's truly what has kept us as friends. Um, It's very, like, obviously, you know, we grow up in the same neighborhood and same town and a lot of similar interests, but when you want the best for somebody else and you're rooting for them constantly, it just is a natural bond that you'll always have. Yeah, and it's like it's hard to think of um, think of anything else like some of the most important things I've learned from our friendship is that there is only one you nobody can replace you and I had never met anyone in college like you There's there will never be anyone else like you and mm-hmm. I think how lucky I am to have that not, not everyone has that core person that you say oh, I've been best friends with this person blah 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 like, I'm so lucky to have that, and just so, it's corny to say blessed, but that is our friendship, and it, I feel like it gets stronger, it goes through waves, like, having kids, we don't, maybe we don't see each other as often, or text as often, but I'm not, I won't let you ditch me for the next 30 years, like, <laughs> um, I'm still around, and I can't wait to watch your kids grow and succeed, and just see you being proud of them like it's all just a different it's an evolving friendship and I will say this as well uh we like to travel together and Mike brought up after Parker's christening he's like I mean we could do something for you guys 40th birthday Uh, yes "Uh, Yes. yeah 10 year reunion from Ireland and we'll go somewhere I mean it's just just because we're older it doesn't change anything like Um, and that's something, uh, I, so one of my college professors and I, this sticks with me forever said that, uh, like friendships are just kind of place markers in the point of life that you are in. So it's like, you know, your college friends are just there cause you're in college. Like your, um, high school friends are just there because you're in high school. And like, I remember her saying that I was like, what? Like, I'm always going to be friends with like, mm-hmm. I think it was my freshman year of college. I was like, I'm always going to be friends with my high school friends. I'm always going to be friends with these college friends. Um, and then obviously as you grow, it's like you do grow apart from people because that's just how life evolves. But like to have you as a consistent for 30 years is like wild because there's some friends that, you know, have stayed in each part of my life. I do have college friends still. I have... Mm-hmm you know, high school friends still, obviously we're very lucky in that sense, but to have someone just stick with it through every single phase of your life is like really rare. Like it's special. Like my parents know you, your parents know me, like our husbands get along and that's not always the easiest thing. Like we can 
we can go to other countries and be in showers that are way too small for all of us and still like make it out no drama (laughs) and make it yeah lifelong and I always think of this poem the Girl Scout poem make new friends but keep the old one is silver the other is gold and you just have always been my golden friend oh I love you Gar I love you too now we're both going to be crying oh Uh, my gosh um oh my gosh seriously we are very very blessed and lucky um absolutely all right, so we have talked about everything and probably bored people with all of our inside jokes and memories, but um, I think the most important thing to take from this is just, you know, how I, I couldn't have a podcast without having you on it. Um, Thank and you. what advice do you think that you would give someone who wants to maintain a long-lasting and close friendship? I'd say no jealousy and Put in the work to stay friends. I know it's uh, life definitely gets in the way for whatever it throws at you. And some situations are way harder than others. But when you truly are soulmates, there really isn't any work to put in. Yes. It's just natural. And I mean, yeah. just when you know, you know. And it's just meant to be for the two of us. And I, I do. That's so, like, it's like... So many people talk about marriage and boyfriends and girlfriends, you know, like mm-hmm. as you're going through relation, love relationships, but like there's not enough focus on friendship, friendships of, you know, people say marriage is hard because you have to put in this work and it's like friendship is also hard. There's so many people that I know that just like don't put in the effort sure. and it's like, okay, you just kind of naturally grow apart because of it. Um, and that's something like you're so good at putting, like you're literally like I'll drive you're 45 minutes, you know, an hour from me, and you're like, okay, when can I come over? Let's meet here. Let's meet halfway. Like, you're just so good at not being and like, oh, we're kind of far, so, like, we won't get together. You're the same way. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that effort and energy is there for the people that reward you with the same outcome. Mm-hmm. So I do just... agree with that. You're stuck with me. We are stuck. Well, um, we have gone through a bottle of wine. Yes, so, we have. And cheers. Thank cheers. you so much for coming on. Um, as we come to the end of this episode, we are reminded of the power of lifelong friendship and the importance of cherishing those who have been with us through thick and thin. Uh, Carly's story has inspired us to appreciate special connections we make in life and to invest in relationships and hard work that truly matter. Uh, I hope Carly's journey has touched your heart and reminded you of the value of nurturing and maintaining lifelong friendships, uh, working hard at what you want, and being able to balance what you can. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to keep following along at the Running Wine Mom underscore, and don't forget to subscribe, like, and review the podcast. Until then, keep on connecting to those around you, and remember, a true friend is priceless treasure. Thanks so much for coming on, Carly. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Now let's go to dinner. Yes. (laughs) The real reason we got together. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll be back next Tuesday.